This episode of the MedBullet Step 1 podcast will go over the topic of opportunistic mycoses from the microbiology section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot about opportunistic mycoses. A 40-year-old woman presents to the emergency room with a week of fever, cough, and hemoptysis. She has a history of HIV and has been non-compliant with her medications and has a history of tuberculosis that was adequately treated. She reports feeling increasing fatigue. A chest CT shows nodules with a halo sign. A bronchioalveolar lavage with biopsy eventually reveals fungus with septae hyphae branching at acute angles invading into the lung tissue. And this patient was diagnosed with invasive aspergillosis. So now let's get into the topic. And in this episode, we'll go over Candida albicans, Cryptococcus neoformans, Aspergillosis species, Mucor mycosis, and Pneumocystis gyrovisi. So starting with Candida albicans, this is classified as a yeast with budding and pseudohyphae. It has germ tube formation at 37 degrees Celsius, which is diagnostic. And keep in mind that Candida albicans can be part of normal flora. So again, as far as classification, Candida albicans is a yeast with budding and pseudohyphae. It has germ tube formation at 37 degrees Celsius, which is diagnostic, and can be part of normal flora. Risk factors for Candida albicans include immunocompromised status and hospital admission, especially in the ICU. In terms of clinical syndrome, immunocompetent hosts present with skin and mucous membrane infections, specifically oral thrush, candidal intertrigo, and vulvovaginitis. So in terms of oral thrush, this manifests with a white plaque on the tongue that can be scraped off and is associated with the use of inhaled steroids. Candidal intertrigo is a well-demarcated erythematous and itchy plaque in the skin folds. And finally, vulvovaginitis manifests with thick cottage cheese white discharge as well as itchiness. Immunocompromised hosts usually present with systemic disease with a Candida albicans infection. Local infection is due to T-cell deficiency, while systemic infection is due to neutropenia. So these patients can manifest with esophagitis, endocarditis, and or disseminated slash invasive candidiasis. Esophagitis will manifest with dysphagia and throat pain, and endoscopy will show white plaques along the esophagus. Endocarditis is associated with IV drug users, as well as fevers and a new murmur. Finally, disseminated slash invasive candidiasis will manifest with fever and septic shock. As far as studies to get in the setting of a Candida albicans infection, definitive diagnosis requires blood or other tissue culture. Wet mount with potassium hydroxide prep of vaginal fluid shows yeast with pseudohyphae and germ tube formation at 37 degrees Celsius. Treatment of opportunistic mycoses includes nystatin, azoles, echinocandins, and or amphotericin B. Nystatin is used for local infections. Azoles are used for local and systemic infections and is the first-line treatment if the fungus is not resistant. Echinocandins are used for systemic infections and are first-line due to increased resistance to azoles. Finally, amphotericin B is used for systemic infections and is typically a second-line treatment or first-line treatment for pregnant women. Moving on to Cryptococcus neoformans, this is classified as a urease-positive, monomorphic, encapsulated yeast with 5 to 10 micrometers of narrow budding. It is transmitted via inhalation and found in soil and pigeon droppings. 
So again, Cryptococcus neoformans is classified as a urease-positive monomorphic encapsulated yeast with 5 to 10 micrometers of narrow budding, and is transmitted via inhalation and found in the soil and pigeon droppings. Risk factors include immunocompromised status, as well as HIV-AIDS patients. The clinical syndrome will include cryptococcosis, cryptococcal meningitis, cryptococcal encephalitis, and these patients will present with fever, headaches, and generalized malaise. In terms of studies and imaging, head imaging with computed tomography or CT or magnetic resonance imaging or MRI may reveal soap bubble lesions, variable enhancing lesions, and or hydrocephalus. Detection of a capsular antigen in the serum or cerebrospinal fluid is done with a latex agglutination test. Again, detection of capsular antigen in the serum or cerebrospinal fluid is done with a latex agglutination test. CSF studies should be cultured on Sabarad agar, an India ink stain shows yeast with clear halos, and mucicarmine shows yeast with red inner capsules. So again, CSF studies should include culture on Sabarad agar, India ink stain shows yeast with clear halos, and mucicarmine shows yeast with red inner capsules. Treatment for cryptococcus neoformans includes amphotericin B plus flucytosine for 10 to 14 days. Fluconazole should be used after treatment with amphotericin B and flucytosine. This is used for maintenance and suppressive therapy. Moving on to Aspergillus species, in terms of classification, these are most commonly Aspergillus fumigatus. Again, opportunistic infections with Aspergillus species is most commonly Aspergillus fumigatus. The Aspergillus species is a monomorphic fungus with septate hyphae branching at acute angles, specifically 45 degrees. They are typically found in the soil and decomposed material, and transmission is via inhalation of spores called conidia. Risk factors for Aspergillus species infection include immunocompromised status, hematologic malignancy, asthma, and or a pre-existing lung disease. Clinical syndrome with an Aspergillus species infection can include invasive aspergillosis, aspergilloma, or allergic bronchopulmonary aspergillosis, or ABPA. Invasive aspergillosis is an invasive infection of the lung and causes persistent fever and cough with hemoptysis. An aspergilloma is a mycetoma, otherwise known as a fungal ball, in a pre-existing cavity. For example, this is seen in tuberculosis. An aspergilloma causes cough with hemoptysis, or the patients may be asymptomatic. Finally, allergic bronchopulmonary aspergillosis, or ABPA, is a hypersensitivity reaction in patients with cystic fibrosis or asthma. It causes bronchiectasis and eosinophilia, and causes cough with hemoptysis, brownish-black mucus plugs in the expectorate, and wheezing. Now let's talk about studies and imaging in the setting of invasive aspergillosis, aspergilloma, and ABPA. So with respect to invasive aspergillosis, nodules with a halo sign and cavitary lesions are seen on computed tomography or CT. Pathologic examination shows invasive hyphae into the tissue, and there are positive cultures on serology. With respect to aspergilloma, this shows mobile, round, or ovoid masses on chest CT, and these will also have positive cultures on serology. Finally, ABPA or allergic bronchopulmonary aspergillosis will show bronchiectasis on CT as well as elevated eosinophils or IgE in ABPA. Treatment of invasive aspergilloma includes voriconazole plus amphotericin B as the first line and caspofungin as the second line. 
So again, treatment of an invasive aspergilloma includes varoconazole plus amphotericin B as the first line and caspofungin as the second line. Aspergilloma is treated with surgical resection. Again, aspergilloma is treated with surgical resection. Finally, ABPA is treated with steroids as the first line. Again, ABPA is treated with steroids as the first line. Moving on to mucormycosis, this is classified under mucor and rhizopus species. These are fungi with irregular, broad, and non-septate hyphae branching at wide or right angles. They are found in the soil and decomposed material, and transmission is done via inhalation of spores or direct inoculation through trauma. Risk factors for mucormycosis include diabetic ketoacidosis, immunocompromised status, as well as trauma or burns. The clinical syndrome involves mucormycosis or a rhinocerebral infection that involves headache, congestion, sinus pressure and pain, as well as black necrotic eschar on the face, particularly the nares or the palate. As far as studies and imaging, computed tomography or CT shows air fluid levels in the sinuses and bony destruction. Biopsy of defected tissue shows non-septate hyphae with wide ankle branching. Again, biopsy of the affected tissue in the setting of mucormycosis shows non-septate hyphae with wide-angle branching. Treatment of mucormycosis includes amphotericin B as the first line, isovuconazole as the second line, and surgical debridement for patients who need it in addition to antifungals. Again, treatment for mucormycosis includes amphotericin B as the first line, isovuconazole as the second line, and surgical debridement for patients who need it in addition to antifungals. Moving on to pneumocystis gerovici, in terms of classification, it is classified as a yeast-like fungus, and transmission is airborne. Again, pneumocystis gerovici is classified as a yeast-like fungus, and transmission is airborne. Risk factors include immunocompromised state, for example, hyper-IgM syndrome, HIV, and smoking. The clinical syndrome involves interstitial pneumonia, which specifically involves progressive exertional dyspnea, chest pain, non-productive cough, fever and chills, and keep in mind that hemoptysis is rare. Imaging in the setting of pneumocystis gerovici involves chest radiographs that will show bilateral infiltrates, and computed tomography or CT will show patchy ground glass opacities and pneumatoceles. Other studies include histology with methenamine silver, diff-quick, or right stain of lung tissue and this will show disc-shaped yeast. Treatment for pneumocystis gerovici involves trimethoprim sulfamidoxazole, or TMP-SMX. This is used for prophylaxis when the CD4 positive count is less than 200 cells per cubic millimeter, and it's also used as first-line therapy. Corticosteroids are used in severe cases, and pentamidine, atavacone, or dapsone is used as second-line therapy if the patient is resistant to TMP-SMX or is allergic. So again, trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole, or TMP-SMX, is used as prophylaxis if the patient has a CD4-positive count of less than 200 cells per cubic millimeter, and it's also used as first-line therapy. Corticosteroids are used in severe cases, and pentamidine, atavacone, or dapsone is used as second-line therapy if the patient is resistant to TMP-SMX or if the patient is allergic. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, Let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, A 16-year-old boy presents to his pediatrician because he has noticed white plaques forming on his tongue over the last five days. 
He recently returned from a Boy Scout trip where he traveled across the country and hiked through the woods. His past medical history is significant for asthma, for which he uses an inhaler as needed. He says that during the trip, he felt short of breath several times and had to use the inhaler. He also says that several of his friends appeared to get sick on the same trip and were coughing a lot. He has not experienced any other symptoms since returning from the trip. On presentation, he is found to have white plaques on the tongue that can be scraped off. Which of the following is a characteristic of the most likely cause of this patient's disease? And the choices are 1. Acute angle branching 2. Broad base budding 3. Germ tube formation 4. Latex agglutination and 5. Virus The correct answer to this question is 3. Germ tube formation So the patient who uses an inhaler and has white plaques that scrape off the tongue easily most likely has oral thrush caused by candida albicans. This organism can be seen to form germ tubes when grown at body temperature. Candida albicans is an opportunistic mycosis that can cause disease in both healthy as well as immunocompromised hosts. In healthy patients, it causes skin and mucous membrane infections such as oral thrush, candida intertrigo, and vulvovaginitis. These infections are marked by the development of white plaques or discharges. Thrush is predisposed in patients using inhalers because the inhaled steroids locally suppress the immune system. In immunocompromised hosts, it can cause systemic disease as well as esophagitis and endocarditis. One characteristic feature of candida albicans is that it forms germ tubes at body temperature and that this feature is diagnostic for this infection. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, acute angle branching describes aspergillus, which can cause an aspergilloma or invasive aspergillosis. However, this patient does not describe any pulmonary symptoms, even though his classmates had coughing. Answer 2, broad-based budding yeast describes blastomyces, which is an endemic fungi that causes pulmonary and systemic infection. However, this patient does not describe any systemic symptoms, despite his potential travel to endemic areas. Answer 4, latex agglutination is characteristic of cryptococcus, which causes encephalitis and meningitis rather than oral thrush. And finally, answer 5, Kaposi sarcoma virus can cause the development of plaques on the tongue. However, these plaques would not be able to be scraped off. So to leave you with a bullet summary, Canada albicans can characteristically be seen to form germ tubes at room temperature. And moving on to the final question, a 50-year-old man presents to his primary care physician with complaints of chest pain, fever, and blood-tinged cough for the past month. While interviewing the patient, the physician learns that the man is a farmer in California who immigrated from India when he was a child. She also learns that the patient has had AIDS for the past 15 years. On computed tomography, multiple modules are detected in the superior lobe of the right lung. A micrograph displays characteristic aspergillus hyphae that are septate and acutely branched. Which of the following is associated with the patient's condition? And the choices are 1. Arthralgias, 2. Caseous granulomas, 3. Conidia, 4. Diabetic ketoacidosis, and 5. Macrophages filled with intracellular oval entities. The correct answer to this question is 3. Conidia. So this is an immunocompromised patient presenting with invasive pulmonary aspergillosis as evidenced by chest pain, fever, hemoptysis as evidenced by a blood-tinged cough, and sputum sample demonstrating septate and acutely branching hyphae characteristic of aspergillosis. 
Invasive aspergillosis develops from the inhalation of conidia, which are the asexual spores of certain fungi. Aspergillosis is an infection caused by fungi of the aspergillus genus, for example, aspergillus fumigatus, aspergillus terius, and aspergillus favus, when the spores are inhaled. While ubiquitous in the environment and commonly inhaled, conidia are blocked by the phagocytes of the innate immune defenses in healthy hosts. Thus, infections are usually only observed in patients who are immunosuppressed, severely neutropenic, or taking therapies for organ transplant or hematological cancers. For diagnosis, aspergillus species have distinctive hyphae that branch acutely and are septate. Voriconazole is used for treating mild aspergillosis, while amphotericin B is reserved for angioinvasive aspergillosis. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, arthralgias are a characteristic symptom of coccidioidiomycosis, which is an infection of the coccidioides fungus. This illness is endemic to the southwestern region of the United States. It can also present with erythema nodosum, pneumonia, and meningitis. Within its host, the fungus manifests as endospore-filled spherules that are larger than red blood cells. It can cause meningitis in immunocompromised patients. Answer 2. Caseous granulomas are characteristic of tuberculosis. Granulomas are used by the immune system to wall off infections it cannot destroy. Tuberculosis classically presents with hemoptysis, night sweats, and cough. Diagnosis of tuberculosis is confirmed with an acid-fast smear and nucleic acid amplification. Answer 4. Diabetic ketoacidosis is a characteristic predisposing condition for mucormycosis. Like aspergillosis, it can cause nasal necrosis, leading to a necrotic eschar on the face. However, mucormycosis has hyphae that are non-septate and branch at wide angles. And finally, answer 5. Macrophages filled with intracellular oval entities are characteristic of histoplasmosis. It is endemic to the Midwest and central regions of the United States. Histoplasmosis mimics tuberculosis clinically and also presents with erythema nodosum and hepatosplenomegaly. In addition to the filled macrophages, rapid serum and urine antigen tests are used for diagnosis. To leave you with a bullet summary, aspergillosis is associated with inhalation of conidia, which is the asexual spore of the fungi. That's all for this review about opportunistic mycoses. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on medbullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the MedBullets Step 1 podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.